asshole. You're kidding. Just one shot? They're not all zombies, Doug. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Well, sometimes, that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It's dead song to get down with. About six feet under. Get dead. Ooh, I love this song. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Um, just want to get some stuff out ahead of the podcast. Um, as I think I mentioned in the last podcast uh, on Spotify now, if you're a Spotify listener, you can now give a star rating. You can't give an actual word review of any sort, but you can actually give it, you know, one star to five stars. So if you guys could click on that, give whatever you think is appropriate stars, I very much appreciate it. Make sure to stick around to the end of the podcast. Uh, at the end, on the outro, we will have... Uh, a song by the Toronto horror-based band Blood Opera. It won't be the full song, but it'll be at least a, a good enough snippet to give you guys an idea of who they are. Uh, I've been working with them. I actually did a horror VHS tape exclusive. It was actually one of their uh, shows. They actually put we actually put it on a VHS tape, and I did all the the artwork for the front cass- um, cassette tape, I guess. Not cassette tape, VHS tape. I don't know why I said cassette tape. You know, maybe they'll do a cassette tape at some point. Who knows? Anything's possible. But definitely go check them out. Um, yeah. More We'll get right into tonight's episode. I say tonight. I'm recording this really early. It's really weird. I usually don't record till like 11 o'clock or midnight, and it's almost 8 o'clock. It's really weird to be recording this early. Um, but yeah, we're going to get right into the episode. Uh, tonight we watched Deranged, also known as Deranged Confessions of a Necrophilia, necrophilia um, from 1974. It's... it's uh, it's a different movie, that's for sure. I must have watched a different copy than the one I'm looking up right now on uh, Google because it says you can watch it now on Amazon Prime, um, but it also says it's three hours and three minutes. The copy I watched was only like an hour and 26 minutes, so I'm not sure, um, but the premise and everything seems to be correct. Yeah, and everyone in the movie is correct as well. Um, this actually came up on a Tom Zavini search. I believe it was like his first movie doing special effects makeup or maybe one of his, his very first movies. It's from 1974, of course. Um, but yeah, it's the story of the case of Ed Gein, um, an unhinged farmer who turned into a murderous grave robber. Obsessed with the remains of his domineering mother, the man kills and collects bodies in order to keep her company in the house that they shared together. So yeah, just the story of Ed Gein. He actually did go around killing people, uh, collecting their bodies, digging up graves, making like f- various things out of their, their skin and bones. He's also one of the base... Uh, influences for the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, much better movie than this one. Just gonna say, that. of course, it's a classic. It's a, it's a great movie, anyways. So that's that's a no-brainer. But we'll get right into the movie now. This is where the worst begins. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. Death. The nightmare of insane murder and lingering death. Deranged. For Mary, it was only the beginning. For Christine, it was already too late. 
when Dolly, the worst, was yet to come. And only Mrs. Cobb knew what he would do next. I really love you, Mary. see but sometimes it's true the story of a trail of butchery so brutal that newspapers refuse to print its horrifying details when the horror becomes unbearable it is too late to scream Starts out with the title uh, font right in front of us. Doesn't waste any time. We got this like old barn, and then there's like this organ style churchy music that starts to play. And it's got like a. It starts out looking really cool, really nice, and then we meet. I think his name is Tom Sims. He's like the newspaper writer who's uh, giving us an intro to the movie and saying that this movie is all based on true events and that everything's being recreated. So if you know you're weak of heart, faint of heart, don't be watching the movie because everything's real other than the names. They changed all their names, but I'm just gonna call um, Ed Gein Ed Gein because it's the story of Ed Gein. So, and then I, th- I think they call Ed Gein this Ezeka or something like that, which doesn't matter at all. But it's a story of Ed Gein. Um, I think they also call him the Butcher Boardside or something along those lines. I should have double checked on that one. But anyways, the movie starts out. We have Ed inside the, his old farmhouse. He's getting some soup ready for his sick mother. Uh, he goes in to give her some soup, and she's very pale. She looks pretty much like she's on death door. Um, she asks her son Ed to hold her hand, and she's like, "Are you holding my hand? I can't feel you." And he's like, "Yeah, I just gotta get the blood, you know, circulating. You're fine. Don't worry about it." Um, and she can't. She can barely see him as well, so she's going blind at the same time. Or maybe she's just so weak that she can't uh, open her eyes enough to see. But yeah, he's, she tries to feed her some soup. And she's like, I don't want no damn soup from you. That's when we find out the mom doesn't want to go into a coma if she's getting ready to die. And that she only wants him to call one friend. The only friend she ever cared about. And in her exact words, she knew she could care about this other girl. Because she was a fat heifer. Apparently, if you're a fat person, that means you're trustworthy. I don't know why the logic is for that. But this movie makes no sense anyways. So we'll just go with it anyways. The the writing aspect of it anyways that in her deathbed the mom says she's worried that uh some girls are going to come and use ed and steal him and uh creates a lot of hate for ed towards women he doesn't trust them at all because of course he trusts his mother and that's all he trusts uh while in bed ed's still trying to uh feed his mother this soup that's like a green puke vomit exorcist style soup it's it's gross it's slimy i don't even know what kind of soup it is to be honest with you anyways he's still trying to feed it to her like ramming in her mouth and she's like choking and suffocating on it to the point where blood starts gushing out her mouth and he's just sitting there like oh no i think i i think i killed mother i'm gonna try to be as comedic for this podcast as possible because this movie i didn't i didn't care for this movie yeah, I really didn't. I mean, I know I leave my review to the end, but it was hard to get through this movie. So I would hate to see the three-hour version because I would not be able to watch that. And then we see Ed in the suit in front of his mother's casket while the entire room is black. And then this random couple, it was his neighbors, uh, come to sit down with him and tell him how sorry he is to hear about his loss. Uh, then Ed puts his finger on his mouth and 
tells him to be quiet because apparently his mama is just sleeping in the casket. Um, she's not sleeping, she's dead. And you pretty much killed her because you tried to ram some soupy green puke vomit crap down her throat. We then see the re reporter again doing an overlay saying how Ed, Ed would make his mother's room and keep it the way it was and he would keep her clothes like sprawled out on her bed so it looks like she's there. Uh, he would even write notes to her. That's how crazy he is. Uh, we then see Ed out on the swing playing with the neighbor's kids randomly until the mom calls the kid away which is kind of really weird because this kid looks like he's maybe 10 and he's playing with someone who's probably like in his 40s and Ed's the one on the swing not the kid. Ed's the one on the swing getting you know spun around. And then we see inside Ed's house. He's talking to himself um, when his mom's voice starts coming in because uh, he's saying how he's missing her. And then we hear the mom's voice saying, if you miss me so much, why do you keep me here? Why don't you bring me home? She's talking from the, the grave saying, it's so dark and lonely here. And then we pan around the room as he they're both having a conversation between each other. And then we pan back to Ed. And it's actually Ed talking, pretending to be the mother because he's going mentally crazy. We then see him in the truck driving down the road to the graveyard. And literally, there's no sound to this truck. Like, it's an older truck. The movie's based in 1974, so the, the vehicles weren't that quiet. And then we hear him humming to the beat of the truck driving, which I honestly thought on first aspect of watching this, I thought the truck was making the humming sound. I, I, didn't, I don't see Ed. I just see the back of the truck, and I just see the truck driving down, like, humming. And I'm like, wow, that's really bad effects. We uh, then see him at the graveyard, and he's dug up his grave as a mother. He opens up the casket, and we see them smile at each other, and his mother looks fine, just like she was but apparently she's been there for a year uh, so he starts freaking out because he's holding her skeleton hand which breaks off of her arm and then he he realizes she's really dead so he's holding her and hugging her and kissing her and he's like i'm gonna bring you home mama don't worry uh Anyways, he's bringing her home, but he has her sitting in the passenger seat of the truck, not in the truck bed at all. And then the, uh, a cop comes up behind him, so he tucks her down, I guess, and covers up with a blanket that he might have in the truck. And, you know, he thinks he's getting pulled over because of the uh, digging up the grave. And the cop's like, you know, you're going 50, and this is a 30 zone. I gotta smell your breath to see if you've been drinking. And then he goes, reach, bends in to smell Ed's breath but all he smells is the dead rotting body of the mother beside him and that's like oh I, for, I, for, I had a pig in here and I, I forgot to take it out and it was kind of rotting a little bit and then the sheriff's just like well you should go get that smell dealt with you know bury that thing deep deep and then the sheriff lets him go on his way and ed's like to his mom i'm sorry for calling you a hog mama uh then we see ed carrying his mom um down the hallway in the house and it's like this dead skeleton body he he's bringing her into her room and he's all proud because her room looks the same way it did when she died he's been keeping it up and keeping it tidy he lays her down in bed and gives her her bible and the bell to ring for when uh, she needs him it's not cluing in again that she's fully dead in this uh this guy he's not playing with a full deck of cards uh then the reporter comes back up saying that um, Ed would start reading about embalming and taxidermy to try and repair his mother uh, because she's been dead for a year. So he's trying to figure out the best way to bring her back to the way she was. Uh, we then see Ed over at the neighbor's house having dinner and the, the same it's the same couple from the funeral and then the the guy starts reading the paper and goes on about um the obituary section and how one of those teachers died and ed has no idea what the obituary is and he's like oh so i could find out about people who have died that day and he's getting all excited he's like huh won't have to dig so deep because they're right there and he makes a joke about taking someone's head and they're all laughing because he thinks uh ed's joking but ed's actually being serious like yeah if i need a head i can just 
take the head and repair it. it makes it so much easier so knowing about the obituary section Felix's need and desire to take body parts to help repair his mother um and then of course we see ed in the graveyard digging up the old school teacher and then she's back at home with them and he's taking a spoon to pop out her eyes and then he grabs a hacksaw to cut her skull open and then we see him booting her brain and forking it out and putting it into a bowl or a cup or something weird then he comes back into his mom's um room with the the cut off face of the teacher and he's like look mama i got you a new face we just got sewed on this is the inspiration for the texas chainsaw massacre and then he comes in with the skull i, I thought it was your skull maybe it was a different skull i'm not too sure he's like hey, look mama i brought you a friend you guys can just sit here and talk and it's just a separate skull and he puts it on her bedpost so they can talk to each other, I guess. And then the reporter comes back and says that he would go for months and months bringing back dead bodies to keep his mother and him company before he would decide to kill for himself. Then we see uh, Ed's working on a tractor and the neighbors are talking to him and they're worried about him living up in the big house by himself. And then the neighbor's wife is like, well, you should settle down with a woman, blah, 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 this and that. And Ed goes in about how he doesn't trust women. And she's like, well, isn't there a woman here that you trust? And that's when Ed brings up uh, about the girl that his mom mentioned on her deathbed and he's like i can i can trust her mama said i can trust her because she's fat i can trust her because she's fat and he keeps on going about how she's fat she is i don't know what it is about fat um uh, you can't trust all fat people but maybe things were different back then i don't really know anyways then we see ed dressed up uh going to meet the girl that his mom told him about um because you know she's fat she's a good wo woman because she's fat that makes her trustworthy um anyways uh she lets him right into her apartment you know he's like yeah i'm such and such a son she's like oh yeah yeah come right in i'm sorry to hear about your mom being dead uh we haven't talked in a while because your mom was mad at me but i'm glad to see you here um she sits him down on the couch and asks him what he does for a living he pretty much says well, i'll take care of the house and i take i talk to mama and take care of her and she's like well your mom's dead are you making fun of me because apparently this girl uh talks to her late dead husband so then she's like well why don't we all get together and have a four-way seance on thursday night so they decide to have a seance together uh, but before that, Ed goes back home. He's eating, like, chicken or something in front of his mom in her room. Um, he's like, and then he's going on about how he likes her fat, but he's worried about being stuck underneath her fat. So he's going to take protection, which is a gun, in case he does get stuck underneath her fat so he can shoot his way out of the fat. It's weird. It's it's different. Uh, we then see Ed back with the girl. Uh, they're doing their seance to contact the dead. That, uh, when she starts breathing really heavy, heavy, and she starts calling for her husband, Herbert, to enter her i did not know if this movie was going to take a twisted turn into something else which it does but as not didn't get as bad as i thought it was going to um and then she starts laughing because herbert apparently wants her to ask ed something and herbert apparently wants to ask if ed will have sex with his wife and make her a real woman again uh, ed has no idea what sex is at all and uh he doesn't know, understand what the favor is but then she starts undressing like undoing her top and he gets all excited and starts filling her up and then they go to the bedroom together and then they're just making out on the bed and then he starts hearing his mom's voice again and about you know girls are demons and you know if you have sex with them you're going to hell blah 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 and he pulls out a gun and shoots her right in the head but the thing i don't understand is ed's not a smart man at all he's definitely not playing a full deck of cards he knew enough to grab the pillow put it on top of this woman's head before shooting her to muffle the sound of the gun 
I understand if you're a serial killer, you would know things. Um, but Ed's definitely not playing with full deck of cards. So how would he know that's a thing? That's, you know, just little things that make me wonder. Because I'm trying to pull anything good from this movie whatsoever. And we're going to be cutting through the movie pretty quickly. Just because a lot of it, I, I didn't find it to be that enjoyable movie. It's from 1974, so I wasn't expecting much. But I was expecting better than what I I received. Anyways, then uh, Ed from killing this woman gets a real uh, lust for killing girls now, and so he heads heads to what I thought was a diner, but it's actually a bar because uh, he tries to order a milk, and the the waitress is like, "Well, this is a bar. We don't serve milk." And Ed's like, "Well, I don't drink." And the lady's like, "Well, why are you here?" And he's like, "Well, I'm here for you." She's like, "Oh, well, you're really sweet. Um, but how about you order a drink, and that way it'll make me be able to do my job." So you know, he asks for her to recommend something. She gets it for him, and then he pays and gives her a big tip so she puts it down her shirt and that gets him all excited um also when she's walking away to grab the said drink uh, there's this old pervert guy sitting in front of him and he's going on about how he would love to rail her but he's too old so he can't get it up anymore it's really weird very very weird if i can get the audio clip i'm going to insert it into the podcast hey how'd you like to tear off a piece of that eh huh? boy if i had a chance i'd bang her brains out Look at that ass. And look at them tits. Both of them. I seen tits and I seen tits from Portugal to Yokohama. Now let me tell you, those are tits with a capital T. If I was an old man, goddammit, I'd be into her pants so fast as to make your head swim. <laughs> That's the trouble, you get old. Can't get it up anymore. Just sit there looking at it, hanging limp as a turkey neck. Hell with it. Life's a pain and God's a sadist. Here she comes. He's a creeper. For sure. But anyways, um, once uh, he, she brings back uh, Ed's drink, he has a little sip. He's like, oh, that's good. And she's like, well, drink it up. So he takes the straw out and drinks the whole thing. And then we cut to closing time. Ed's still sitting at that table. He's got a bunch of empty glasses all around the table. And he's drunk as a skunk, screaming her name. She has to help him up to uh, get his coat on and shoes him out the door so she can get close. And then from that night on, he would start stalking the, the bar to try and find the best time to pretty much kidnap her. So at one point in time, he actually... She goes over to her car, slashes the tires while she's at work, and literally stakes out in his truck. And then she tries to drive home, realizes she has a flat tire. And then he comes over, he's like, well, what's the matter? He's like, oh, hi, Ed. And, you know, some punk, you know, kid slashed my tire. And he's like, yeah, that's kids for you these days. They're not trustworthy, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm saying blah, blah, blah a lot. I'm probably going to cut that out. Maybe I won't cut that out because, like I said, this movie sucks. Uh, in my personal opinion, of course, it sucks. But anyways, she's like, well, can you take me to the, um, I think it was the garage or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take you there. And she's like, well, you missed you missed the turn. We're heading out of town now. He's like, well, I'm going to take you to my house. She's like, no, you're not. And he's like, well, yeah, I got spare tires at my house. I'll, I'll let I'll switch the tires for you for free that way you don't have to go to a garage to spend money so i'm doing you a favor she's like okay well, well keep your hands to yourself so they go there he's he gets out of the truck and um he's like well do you want to come inside and she's like well how long you gonna be he's like mm, just a few minutes he's like okay well i'm just gonna sit in the truck a few minutes go by she gets impatient, starts honking the horn. He doesn't come out, so she gets out of the truck, goes inside the house, and she's looking around. We can see in the house, uh, the walls are dirty, or the, the they might be bloody. I'm not really too sure. She uh, lights a match and lights the lantern that's above the table. Doesn't see him, starts calling out for him. No answer. So then she lights a lantern that's on the wall to walk down the hallway with. Uh, she walks into Mama's room, of all rooms to walk into, and then 
she's walking and I think she might she might bump into the bed or something but the the skull falls to the floor and rolls in front of her feet and she gets all freaked out about it so she starts you know shuffling back and behind her there's a bunch of the dead bodies all sitting up propped on chairs and between them is actually Ed in a wig with another person's face on top of his face so she screams and pushes him down I think she might stab him in the arm actually because he's bleeding at one point anyways for whatever reason she runs out of the house and runs right to his truck I don't know why she would run to his truck I would just run down the street then again I'm fat so I couldn't run so far actually I probably just punch him in the head but that's besides the point anyways and then she wakes up uh she's tied together with belts inside of a closet and she's also in her bra and undies and Ed's talking to her from the closet and she's like well I'm just getting everything set up getting everything organized in dinner at the dinner table um everyone's excited to meet you uh you're going to be my future wife my mom's really my mom loves you uh, and I'm just excited for you to be introduced to everyone so he opens up the door and uh he takes the belt off her ankle so she can actually walk and walks her to the table and has her sit down and he's uh talking to his mother he whispers over to her I think she really likes you you're psychotic yeah you're crazy okay anyways they sit down he's like you know what i think you feel better if you eat and she's like well i can't because you have me my hands tied to the chair so how am i supposed to eat he's like well i can't trust you to, to have your your hands free she's like well that's not very nice how are you supposed to trust your future wife if you're not going to let me have my hands untied so he goes over to untie her and he starts feeling her up really weird and then uh, she finally gets untied so she gives him a hug and gets a little bit closer just to in breach of the table so she can grab this bottle and smash him in the face with it um also there's a scene before this where he's saying that the dead bodies help him build stuff and that they have a fun time you know playing games and laughing and eating uh he also has a a drum that he made that has the this the hide or the skin of the top of the drum is actually the belly of someone and he the drumstick is actually like a, a leg bone really weird because the leg bone will come in 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 a couple seconds because when she beats him with the glass ball and she tries to run out and all the doors are locked he literally comes up with the leg bone and starts beating her with it because to try and get away from him she actually ran behind mama and picked her up her skeletal body up and literally threw it at him and then this is where this l- weird slow mo scene comes in because he's like chasing her in slow-mo now for whatever reason and then he's beating her with the leg bone and the skull in slow-mo for whatever reason i don't know for adding effect then we cut to ed over with his neighbor hanging out and neighbors reading the paper saying how you know they're never going to be able to find that girl and or no ed says they're never going to find that girl because he's like i got her at my house with my mama and miss jones or whatever and neighbors like you gotta stop saying that stuff this is weird He's like, well, I'm just joking with you. While well, he's literally cleaning a rifle at the same time. The weird man. Then the, the neighbor's son and his girlfriend Sally come home. And Ed's literally giving her crazy eyes. And that's when the neighbor's like, yeah, Sally works at the uh, convenience store or hardware store. I think it was a hardware store. And uh, then we, the next thing we see is Ed standing outside the hardware store at the front bay window just literally staring in at her and then the two neighbors show up and he's like oh i'm just here to get some antifreeze while the neighbors are getting ready to go out hunting and once they all make it inside the store the uh, perfect guy from the bar is actually uh, standing in there you know cash out with whatever he's buying uh which i thought was funny because they reused them well in the uh the hardware store the neighbors looking at some guns while the, the son's talking to his girlfriend and he tells Ed to look down the scope of this gun because this gun's really nice. Ed's looking down the scope at this uh, taxidermy deer head on the wall, and then he turns the gun a little bit just enough so that he has Sally right in the scope of this gun. Anyways, uh, they try to get him to go hunting with him, and he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to buy this antifreeze and go home. Anyways, they cash out and leave to go hunting, and then... Uh, 
Ed goes to buy his antifreeze, and he puts it up on the counter. He goes, is that all you want? Ed, Ed just stares at her. Literally just stares at her for a couple minutes, and he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to look around. She's like, yeah, that's fine. So he goes around, walking around the store, grabs a bullet, goes over to the gun, loads the gun. He's looking down the, down the side of the gun, uh, down the scope, and he's literally got the scope directed on her. She's looking down, and then she looks up, and she's like, Ed, what are you doing? He's smi- she's smiling. And then, bang, he shoots her because he's that's the type of guy he is anyways then we next thing we see him he's driving so happy in his truck with her dead body in the back of his truck shocker though she's not dead because it looks like it, she barely got nicked in the side of the head she starts waking up and she's struggling to you know grab her you know momentum to her stability to actually get out of the truck while he's driving down this dirt road and then um ed actually looks in the rear view mirror and sees her and he stops the truck and she gets all scared and she's looking at her and then she jumps out of the truck starts running through the woods as ed's shooting at her again at this point while in the woods we also see the other neighbors are setting up these little tiny like muskrat traps or mini bear traps i don't know what the hell they are i thought they were going deer hunting so i don't know why they're using those kind of traps but whatever whatever works it's definitely not a snare trap that's for sure it's, it looks like a mini bear trap anyways while they're setting that up we see her running through through the woods and they she actually makes it to where their car is parked but they're not there um and then we see Ed making it over the hill down towards the car. So she starts running off. She actually steps in one of these traps. Um, and it's got a long ass chain on it. And she's screaming in pain. And then she hears the tree branches breaking a little bit. And she can see Ed slowly walking through the, the woods. So she tries to hide in this bush. And then while she's hiding in the bush, Ed actually sees the chain on the ground. So he's looking at the chain. And he's looking at the bush. So then he starts pulling on the chain to drag her body out of the bush. And that's when he has his rifle at point blank right at her head. And she's like begging him to not do it. But he shoots him anyways. At the same time when she, she gets shot in the head, the neighbors are actually loading up their vehicle with the rest of their supplies so they i guess they didn't hear the gunshot maybe anyways the neighbors are back in town now they stop at the convenience store or the hardware store whatever the hell it is and the son just goes in by himself to check on his girlfriend and he gets all freaked out because all he sees is their glasses and the place is a little bit wrecked so they get the sheriff to come over and the sheriff's looking at their seats like, oh well you guys were the last ones to leave here and that's when the dad's like no ed ed was buying antifreeze so they're like okay we're gonna go check out ed's place well, anyways, at Ed's place, he's dragging her body out of the back of his truck and into his barn where he's tying her up like a deer, getting ready to be skinned. She's butt naked now, by the way. Butt naked. No clothes whatsoever. She's being tied up by her feet and hanging in the barn door with the barn door wide open. Wide open. Anyways, uh, he's getting ready to gutter and whatnot. And we hear the mom talking again, saying how, you know, it's bad because he's staring at her boobs and is making him all angry or confused i'm not sure what his emotions are anyways he's cutting her open we see this um no offense to tom because i love tom savini but we see this very poor blood pouring down that looks like paint looks like just paint just looks like some deep acrylic paint just running down this naked lady's upside down body anyways um then we see the neighbor's car coming over the hill towards uh, ed's house which is weird though because the sheriff gets in their car he doesn't bring his own car so i'm not sure i guess this town's really small and the sheriff just walks everywhere i don't understand why he's not in his own vehicle wait wait he doesn't walk everywhere because he pulled ed over so where's his car and why is he showing up at ed's place in the neighbor's car i don't know it doesn't make sense anyways as they pull up to ed's house they see the barn the barn door is wide open they see a naked ass hanging there because it's the dead lady because she kind of got it but not really so the boyfriend runs over all shocked and then we get into the stupid slow-mo scene again of the sheriff and the dad running to ed's front door he opens the front door and we just see ed sitting at the table you know hysterical and bloody just laughing to himself and the sheriffs are like 
or the sheriff's like, oh, why'd you do it, Ed? He just has that look on his face. He doesn't say anything because during the slow-mo scene, nothing's actually said. It's just, well, Ed's laughing a bit, but that's about it. And then it just cuts to like a fade and then the uh, news reporter comes back up saying that the townspeople came to the farm a couple days later and burnt the entire farm down and that's the end of the goddamn movie i didn't care for this if you guys didn't un- understand or didn't guess or assume already uh this movie's stupid but hey if you're into serial killers and ed gein and all that kind of stuff you know give it a watch if you want to or if you're a tom savini can completionist uh that's the only reason why i watched it because tom savini was connected to it and uh you know i like tom savini's effects there ain't much effects in this blood that's about it and you know severed head and dead de- decaying bodies but that's not really it's not like a gore effect or anything it's just a dead body anyways yeah that's a weird movie i'm glad it's over i guess i should give it a rating huh I'll be nice. I'll give it a one. One on the rotten scale. Because that's all it deserves. Because uh, that's just for Tom. Essentially just for Tom Savini. Um, it's a weird movie. Anyways, hopefully I can get that audio clip though of the pervert guy in the bar. Because that actually, I had to pause the movie and stop. Because I was laughing my ass off. Because of what the hell he was saying. It was very weird. But, uh, you know, it worked I guess. Um, which brings us to our movie we're going to watch for next week. Uh, we're going to something a lot better. We're going to watch uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Because I just want to watch something that's better than what I just watched and uh, something I haven't watched in a long time so uh, it should be fun anyways guys if you guys enjoy this podcast make sure to leave a like feel free to leave a comment Uh, feel free to hit that share button every little bit helps Um, also don't watch this movie don't I shouldn't say that. Give it a try if you really want to waste an hour and a half of your life, I think it was. Uh, if you find the three-hour version, though, stay far, far away from that one. Because I can't imagine what else is added into this movie or why he even says that on Google. But stay away from that one. But yeah, if you want to keep in contact, follow me on all socials at Typhonstein. Uh, the links will be down in the show notes below. Uh, feel free to use the hashtag Rotten Reviews Podcast if you want to you know, suggest any movies on any of the social media sites. Uh, the easiest one to get contact with me is uh, Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. I check Twitter every now and then, but I'm not on that too often. I gotta switch that up by now. And uh, anyways, we'll hopefully have some new gaming videos coming out soon. A bunch of new artwork coming out soon. And uh, we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna hopefully have a lot of episodes out this year and hopefully maybe have some new merch. I think it's time we bring out a new shirt or something. I think it's time. So we'll see how that goes. But until next time, I'll talk to you guys all later. Peace!